Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. See new things. Try new things. Go back centuries while living in the moment. Forge new paths while discovering old ones. Pedal, paddle, and paint while trekking, tasting, and tailoring experiences that transform you into a better version of yourself. Immerse yourself in the world by activating your mind, your heart, and your body on a river cruise exclusively from Avalon Waterways. Save with limited time offers at avalonwaterways.com. Avalon is cruising. Elevated. And those U.S. strikes in eastern Syria overnight, conducted by American F-16s against Iranian-linked positions in eastern Syria. At this base, U.S. Secretary Lloyd Austin releasing a statement saying, quote, these narrowly tailored strikes in self-defense were intended solely to protect and defend U.S. personnel in Iraq and Syria. They are separate and distinct from the ongoing conflict between Israel and Hamas. This is significant because since the conflict developed on October 7th following that massacre here, in southern Israel, we've seen a number of attacks on not just Israeli interests across the region, but also American interests. One of the first things I did when I heard about these attacks by the U.S. in the Middle East is I went to Mike Lyons' Twitter feed, at M-A-G, Major Mike Lyons, M-A-G, Mike Lyons, uh, to see what he had to say about it. And I thought, well, we got to have him on the radio today to see where we are with that. Mike, welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show again. Thanks for having me. Looks good to be back. So, how big a deal is this? I so I'm a I'm a complete layman on this stuff. It just doesn't feel like enough with the number of times that Iran has struck us. But what what are your feelings as a guy who knows what he's talking about? No, it's not. I had a conversation over the weekend with a couple of uh, former colleagues, and it's like it's about time. And uh, you know, the fact of the matter is 
they have been attacking U.S. forces there. Iran is the most responsible country for U.S. Uh, soldier deaths within Iraq when we were there from you know 2003 through 2011. I mean, the IEDs and everything they did, we've done nothing. And then a lot of it is we just continue to believe that all of a sudden we're going to wake up and the Iranians are going to be friendly and they're going to change and something's going to be different, but uh, it's just not the case. Um, if you're a soldier in combat right now in Syria or in Iraq, and it's a combat zone, you're concerned about what's the, you know, what is the gov- our government doing to protect you there? Uh, aside from, you know, maybe some vehicles, we, we obviously hear that there's an individual was killed in a, in a, in a bomb shelter, but that's nice. But at, at some point, again, enough is enough. And um, right now, this, the whole gamble, the whole assumption is that uh, the Iranians are not going to escalate. They're not going to do anything to force an escalation. Um, so they continue to go around with they, you know, the margins here and make small little things. But at some point, again, enough's enough. They, they have to decide, just like Israel. Israel's decided enough's enough. They're not going to do ladder runs repeat this time. They're not stopping in Gaza. They're not going to take any pressure. They're not going to take any pressure from the outside world. They're just not going to. They're just going to keep going. So... As you said, Iran was uh, behind a whole bunch of uh, attacks and deaths mm-hmm. of of Americans, well, for a long, long time. So w- yeah. what is the hesitation with the United States facing off against Iran? What What is their military capability? Yeah, no, it's not much. It's more from the sky. It, it would be missile-based. Um, it's regional. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's the terror funding that they do. It, they, they don't provide an existential threat to us. And I think, I think the, the problem is we're psychologically disarmed from them because we would destroy them. And the rest of the world would say, what's going on in the United States? Like, why did you do this? M- meanwhile, they continue to kill our soldiers and, 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 and harm our allies and do all these things. So again, we've got to decide enough's enough. And we've got to, you know, somebody used this expression, we have to punch them in the nose. Well, kind of what does that mean? You know, do we attack their Pentagon? Do we attack their, their capability to, um, to manufacture oil and petroleum? So if we do that, though, it upsets the economic balance of power. Um, You've got to think that we would need allies to do this. And I think that ally is Israel. So, so that fuse gets lit, right, October 7th, and that fuse is continuing to burn right now. So the question is, what, what more will the Iran do? Will they back down? The assumptions are that Iran's going to back down. They're not going to do much more. Uh, but we have to just see. Uh, well, do you agree with that assumption or not? I, I don't think it's a good assumption to make from a military preparedness perspective, no. I think that, uh, let's say the Israelis, when they decide to go, so, so Israel wants to fight its kind of war. They don't want to fight the war Hamas wants them to fight, right? So they're going to do this ground war when they're good and ready. And, and that's going to mean they've got um, either better intel on the hostages, that they, they're going to be assured that they're going to win, that they're not going to take a lot of casualties. But once that starts and they commit there, then who knows what happens in the north? Who knows then if the Iranians decide to help Hezbollah more and they encourage them, and next thing you know, they've opened up another front to the north, and now Israel is already facing an existential threat. So I, don't, I just don't think it's a good assumption. Um, the, the assumption is being made that, 
the Houthis are not going to do anything. Hezbollah is kind of tired. Lebanon is not going to want to do anything. The Iranians are going to eventually back down. Lather, rinse, repeat. Here we go. We'll eventually bring the Israelis up for, you know, for war crimes because they're, they're going to attack disproportionately. But they don't, the world's not getting that Israel is at war. They've said they're at war. They've, the, the, the defense minister said there's a time for peace, there's a time for war. This is a time for war. They're going to destroy as use force as much as possible if they can uh, until they feel that that, that this is that their goals are accomplished. So, uh, what's our um um because uh, we talked about how we've got two aircraft carriers now and all the support that goes with aircraft carriers and two thousand troops have put on been put on notice to deploy and all that. In terms of our um assets in the region currently, how how, how well are we stocked? Now we're good um, from a strategic perspective and from from putting um, air defense platforms in place to, to support Israel because what the Iranians would likely do is fire multiple uh, long-range missiles at, at Israel going to attack Tel Aviv. They, they have no capability to do any kind of a ground force. They, they couldn't get there. That, that wouldn't happen. They could unleash these terror organizations that will come from the north. So, they, so what the, the, the defense they need are Iron Dome rockets and, and, and Patriot missiles and THAAD so that THAAD is kind of bullets hitting bullets it's another complex um you know air defense system that against ballistic missiles is what is what we're doing which is fine which is exactly what we should be doing and allowing you know uh, that's our level of deterrence right now so so israel's trying to restore deterrence uh, with their neighbors and they do it disproportionately they that's why that's their level of deterrence whereas ours right now is proportional. So, for example, we attacked these two. We attacked a bunch of logistic bases inside of Syria. So, again, from a military perspective, okay, we took away some capacity for these militias to fight, but really didn't make any kind of impact on the ground. That's, they're they're going to still come back and start to attack American troops there. The question is, how do we escalate? The way we escalate there is attacking those places inside Iran, and you know that that opens up another level of discussion. So the president was asked on 60 Minutes a couple of weeks ago, um, we've got a war we're supporting in Ukraine, supporting the Ukrainians against the Russians. Now we've got supporting the Israels. Can we handle two different fronts? And then, of course, you've got to throw in the idea of if we are busy with those, does China decide to do anything anywhere? Can we handle all this stuff? Are we big enough and powerful enough to handle all these things at one time? Well, we could. We'd have to mobilize. We'd have to do things. You know, we'd have to create a situation where, you know, in the past 30 years, the United States has really not gone to war. The military has gone to war. So ask a military family and ask the soldiers that have been deployed, you know, three or four times over six or seven years and, and, and the, the damage that's created to the military environment because that's happened. But the United States would have to deploy. The United States would have to mobilize. And I haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen that appetite yet. And that's the, that's the hard political decision that some political leader would have to make. Uh, the reality would have to kind of hit us in the face. We're acting different in the Middle East also because there's no nuclear power we're eventually up against, right? I mean, in, in Ukraine, we, we, we're, we're giving Ukraine the, the means so they don't lose, right? We're, we've not really given them the means for them to win because then that would tip the balance and potentially Russia does something and they have a nuclear capability, so that's out there. Um, but 
what's different here in, in the Middle East, because there's no other nuclear power there that we have to kind of face off with. Now, you brought up China. Again, who knows? Another wild card. We have to assume that they're going to sense weakness, and, and countries and leaders make these calculated decisions in history about whether they go or whether they don't go. Right. Um, you know, so, again, we, we you look at how World War One started. World War One started and all these bad assumptions that everybody didn't think were going to happen. Well, at Sure, this, they happened, and they happened for four years, and everybody comes saying, "Oh, it's going to be over by Christmas," and never, never went that way. Yeah, but that's where we're at right now. We're all facing off each other, saying, "Oh, that's not going to happen," because they would never, Hezbollah would never do that, and the Iranians would never do that, and the Chinese would never do that. I mean, it's just really bad assumptions got us into those places in the past, and if we don't learn from them, then shame on us. Well, I know you're an expert in military history. I've read a lot of military history. My, my it seems like every big war in world history began with the the side believing it'll be over by christmas or summer or spring right. or whatever it was and it doesn't work out that way i'm looking at uh, cable news right now and they're talking about close call with the chinese fighter plane or whatever they they right. uh, ran one of their ships up against a, a ship in the philippines the other day i just so we had ian bremer the political scientist on uh last mm-hmm. week and i asked him about yeah. why wouldn't china go now and he thought well mili- uh, economically there's just no way they're going to do that now but you know, it's one guy's decision, <laughs> President right, exactly. Xi. And if he looks at Joe Biden and thinks the guy is old and right. a little lost and the United States is busy, there's never going to be a better time. I just, yeah, I don't know. I can't imagine why now wouldn't be a good time. The, the question is whether our country will declare war. That's what it's going to take. For the country to declare war, then we're all in. We're mobilized, National Guard units, industry changes. We're, we're, we're now providing weapons. Go back to Ukraine. We're providing weapons to the Ukraine. We're taking stuff from the 90s that was about to expire. But what we need to do now a complete refresh of all of our defensive systems because that, that's kind of happening here. Our enemies could be drawing down our supplies, and now's the time to go. If you're China, now's the time then to go to war with the United States because we'll, we'll, you know, we're towing out in world wars for a reason, right? Because we can crank up the industrial machine pretty quickly if we have to. If you ever go to the World War II Museum down in New Orleans, you can, it's pretty amazing that you see how quickly, if the United States wanted to crank up the war machine, we could do that. But, but again, we, would, we, we end up losing the beginning of those wars, and we take a lot of, a lot of casualties because we're, just, we're not ready to the point where the enemy has got that, that capability. One more quick thing before we let you go. The um, it's three weeks tomorrow since the the the, the horror happened in Israel. Uh, I think most people probably thought they'd be in there with tanks faster than now. Does it make sense to you to to to, to, to strategically wait and get your ducks in a row like this? Yeah, it does. I sat in the desert for a couple of months in Desert Storm and then watched for 35 days an air campaign. Um, and, you know, we still faced off at an enemy that had capability. I think Israel is torn between knowing that if they go large scale on the ground, um, that's not a good outcome for the hostages that are there. And I think they're doing everything they can. The raids that they're doing right now, they're doing quick cross-the-border raids to try to gather intelligence. But um, I, I, I think that they, they're faced with that decision knowing full well. Now, again, when the time comes, they're, they're not going to allow Hamas to hide behind civilians because they're going to say, if you're a civilian in the northern part of of Gaza, you're a combatant, right? We, everyone's been warned. You're a combatant. You, everybody's been told to get south, go south. They'll, they'll likely have no, no fire zones here. I mean, there's a reason why the Egyptians won't let the Palestinians in and the Jordanians won't let the Palestinians in. There's like, we, we, the, the rest of the Middle East does not want to help Israel solve this problem. So they're going to solve the problem by just, you know, destroying it, by flattening it. Thanks for your time today. It's good to talk to somebody who actually knows what they're talking about because, you know, my blathering is of no use. Um, <laughs> Mike Lyons, thank you very much. 
Thanks for having me. And as I uh, mentioned earlier, you can find him, if you want to follow him on Twitter, at M-A-G, Mike Lyons. And uh, he's one of the first places I go when anything militarily is happening to get his opinion, or you see him on CNN on a regular basis. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. Got menopause? We've got you. Hi, Jackie here, founder of ExoJackie. Feel supported throughout your menopause journey and beyond with our organic protein powders and symptom relief boosts. Formulated to keep bones and muscles strong, ExoJackie products help reduce bloating, hot flashes, and weight gain. Enjoy 20% off with promo code EXOPODCAST. Shop now at exojacqui.com. Made for women by women. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.